Welcome to Perspectives. I'm Joan Herman. Beginning with today's show and continuing into early May, Perspectives will air interviews with candidates in local races and officials representing bond measures on the May 15th primary ballot in Clatsop County. In back-to-back shows today, I interview candidates for District 1 and District 3 for the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. District 1 candidates are Andy Davis, Mark Kawila, and George McCartan. Incumbent Scott Lee is not running for re-election. District 1 covers Warrenton and Hammond and West Astoria. Only registered voters living within the district will cast votes for the District 1 candidates. In the second half, I interview candidates for District 3, covering Central Astoria, as well as the rural areas around Fort Clatsop, Lewis and Clark, Young's River, and Olney. District 3 candidates are Peter Roscoe, Doug Thompson, and Pamela Webb. By the way, it's not too late to register to vote. You have until April 24th. Ballots will be mailed out to all registered voters between April 25th and May 1st. Now for the District 1 candidates, beginning with Andy Davis. This program was pre-recorded. Andy Davis, a 40-year-old Astoria resident, is a data analyst for Greater Oregon Behavioral Health Care, which oversees Clatsop Behavioral Health Care. He previously worked as a teacher, sustainability consultant, and survey researcher. He serves on the City of Astoria Budget Committee and previously served a two-year term on the Bloomington, Indiana Commission on Sustainability. He ran for the Astoria School Board in 2017, narrowly losing to incumbent Jeanette Sampson. He has a Bachelor of Arts degree in Religion from Wabash College and did two years of graduate coursework in policy analysis at Indiana University. Welcome to the studio, Andy. Thanks, Joan. Tell me why you're running for office. Sure. Well, I think ultimately um, I want to make a difference. You know, I think we we have so many resources at our disposal, and I've been uh, blessed to have access to a great education and a good upbringing. And one of the things that was emphasized to me, especially at Wabash College that you just mentioned, was really giving back with the tools that we have been given uh, and and making sure that investment from my community growing up was worthwhile and that I can repay it. Um, so so that's a big drive for me. I also I'm interested very much in local government. I think that uh, it often gets overlooked, and you know we have lots of discussions about national and international government and what's going on in Washington. But really, at a at a core level, this foundational work that happens at the county or in the cities really makes a difference in people's everyday lives. It makes a difference in how our communities are formed and how they prosper. And so I want to play a role in that and use the gifts that I have to improve Astoria and Clatsop County and move forward in that way. What do you see as the big challenge or challenges facing the county and the county government as well? Sure. So there's obviously, there's there's challenges with affordable housing in the area. Um, that's going to be a, a constant here, I think, until uh, we really find a solution that involves the county and the municipalities working together to to just create more housing stock. That's a difficulty because our geography is limiting, you know, and we've got a big patch of state forest land, so we can't just develop out into the county wherever we want. And that's that's great. That means we're we're developing in places that 
people want to live along the coast and in Astoria, but that uh, density is really driving housing prices up and making it difficult for people. Um, so we need to solve those problems. Uh, we've got a sort of challenge coming on, on board with what's going to happen with the jail bond, um, you know, how, how we're going to administer that new program if the electorate approves of it. And, and if they don't, what we're going to do to, to try and address the issues that we've already got with sort of overcrowding at the jail and, and how we deal with that. You mentioned uh, a lack of affordable housing. Sure. What can the county commission realistically do to help address that challenge? I Well, so there, so there are a couple items that come to mind immediately. One is trying to work with agencies and uh, with the different municipalities to use the housing stock that occasionally comes to available to the county, um, either through something like a tax seizure or or other opportunities that come up. You know, the, the jail's actually an opportunity that they're using where state, uh, the state juvenile facility is coming back as an opportunity for the county to develop a piece of land um, or a facility. I think as far as housing, I w so I work for Gobi. One of the things that's happened recently is that we've been working with the county to try and uh, utilize some properties that the county had ownership of to provide uh, temporary housing for people who are having um, issues with substance use. And I think programs like that where you're partnering with an agency or partnering with a muni municipality to say, we want to take this piece of land or this piece of property and use it in the, in the best fashion we can instead of just turning it into an auction that might go to high-end development or something like that, trying to use it in an affordable way. You mentioned the jail bond, and mm. the county commission did recently vote to place on the November ballot a 20 or $23 million bond to expand the jail sure. out in Warrenton. What is your position on that? You said you favor that or support it? It's it's hard to say what my exact position on it is. I I would say I take the the district attorney and the sheriff at their word that we've got an overcrowding problem right now in the existing jail. We had a a, a big training or event uh, a couple of weeks ago with Gobi uh, where we were talking to the the judges, the justice department, um, the criminal justice part of enforcement, for, so the sheriff, the police, and uh, the medical and behavioral health people in the county. And I think the sheriff and, and the facility or the facility staff from the jail really make a clear case that um, the lack of capacity right now is causing problems and will likely lead to more problems in the future. Whether the $23 million project that's up right now is the best solution for that, I'm not sure. I, I think my personal take on it is that I come from this behavioral health background. The sheriff is, is saying, I think, the right things about trying to make sure that resources are available for people in the jail, uh, in the, this new expansion, to get the help they need as far as behavioral health, substance use, mental health, some, something along those lines. Uh, and m as a commission, making sure that those plans go forward would be my primary interest if the electorate makes the choice to approve the bond. And Gobi is Greater Oregon Behavioral Health Care? Yes, that's Your correct. employer? Yes. Are there any other particular projects that you would really like to focus on if you are elected? Sure. I, you know, I think 
one of the things that I really want to do in, in a general sense, and this, this is true for the jail, but I think in a, in a broader sense, is make sure that we address the behavioral health needs in the county. Uh, I think when we look at the data for, for our county, there are issues that I talked about in the school board election, too, uh, issues to do with trauma at young ages and that sort of trickling upwards as, as substance use and mental health issues in the, in the community. And so finding ways to communicate across different groups in the community to try and give support to people so that they, they don't find themselves in a cycle of, of negative behavior so that we can reduce crime over time, so that we can get people into jobs that they're happy with, so that they feel supported and that we feel integrated as a community. I think those are the sorts of things that I would be pushing toward uh, in office. And what in your background and your personality lends itself to serving on the county commission? Sure. Well, so uh, outside of the things like the graduate work and and my experience um, in public bodies already, I think that I'm a good communicator. I think that I'm good at working with different people who are going to bring a lot of different things to the table, uh, whether it's skills or attitude. Uh, I think I'm, I'm very good at handling different types of people. I think one of the things that um, I, I really came into this position with a desire to change is that I see a, a somewhat dysfunctional dynamic on the commission as it stands right now. And I think that their ability to work with the county manager and the county staff is, is very critical to the functioning of our county government um, for us to move forward in a healthy direction. And one of the first things I did uh, after I decided to run was I sat down with county manager Cameron Moore and had a very productive discussion about how to move forward in a productive and healthy way. Well, thank you. Unfortunately, we are out of time, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Joan. It goes so fast. If you're just joining me, you are listening to pre-recorded interviews with candidates in the May 15th primary election for District 1 on the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. The district covers Warrenton, Hammond, and portions of West Astoria. I just concluded an interview with Andy Davis. Up next is candidate Mark Kowila. This is Joan Herman on Perspectives on Coast Community Radio. Mark Kowila, a 47-year-old Hammond resident, is the membership director of the Astoria Warrington Area Chamber of Commerce and the owner of Skippinon Brand Seafoods. He is a former mayor of Warrington and served on the Warrington City Commission from 2005 to 2017. He now serves on the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife's Fish Passage Task Force. Kawila has a Bachelor of Science degree in business from Oregon State University. Welcome to the studio, Mark. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Why are you running for office? You know, I I, um, I loved being a Warrenton mayor and Warrenton city commissioner. Um, and when I saw that uh, two people had filed for this district that I, um, that were not, I wasn't familiar with and felt like this in Warrenton and Hammond, we, we make up two-thirds of that district, and uh, I have experience both in Astoria, being with the Astoria Warrenton Chamber of Commerce, working with businesses in Astoria, been on a number of boards and commissions in Astoria. Felt like I was uniquely qualified to be a representative from District 1, and I just felt that that representation has been missed for a few years, and so that's why I filed for the office. 
Aside from the background that I just mentioned, what qualities and experiences would you bring to the office? Well, I think that being a business owner uh, gives me uh, some leadership skills. It also, uh, when I ran for office the first time back in 2004, I made a conscious decision to get involved in a lot of committees and boards and and uh, throughout that, you know, I, I gained some real knowledge and experience about the community. And I, I learned that you have to work together. You have to collaborate. You have to find ways that, uh, you know, even if you don't always agree on things, you, you have to find ways to work together. Um, when I was mayor um, and Willis was the mayor of Astoria. Willis Van Dusen. Willis Van Dusen. Um, I, I felt like we really got a good working relationship. And uh, the same goes for uh, Mayor LaMare. Uh, Wharton and, and, and Astoria work closer than we had in the past. I was proud of that. And I think that uh, if I'm elected, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to build on what we've done already. What do you see as the biggest challenges facing not only the county, but the county government in particular? I, th- I think that the the biggest challenges, like, like any community, is, you know, we're... we're you know, workforce housing shortage. And so that's one of the universal issues that all communities in Oregon are struggling with. The, the thing about Warrenton is that it's centrally located within the county. And there is a lot of um, things that we took um, some action on to try to encourage workforce housing and to try to encourage high density development. So we would get some more of that type of, of, of development in our city. And, um, I'm, I think that that's going to continue in Warrenton. I think that that's um, an answer to one of the issues. But economic development, you know, support of all the different sectors within our economy, tourism with industrial, commercial. I think a lot of people think that these things are at odds or in conflict with each other. I don't believe that. I believe that these are not mutually beneficial in- interests. I think that a lot of these can work together. Each fills the niche within the county. I want to see growth in all of these industries and all of these sectors. Uh, certainly, I, I think I have a unique perspective because I've been at the Astoria Wharton Chamber. I've been on the board of the chamber. Um, I've been with the Liberty Theater on the board of the Liberty Theater. Um, some of these have shown me exactly how important it is to have that tourism piece of the puzzle, and um, and, and to build on those, uh, you know, w- those already growing. Um, development of the tourism industry at the same time having you know your industrial your natural resources you, all of these things uh, can can play together and, and work together what can the county government do to provide affordable workforce housing for the service industry which is so crucial for our tourism based economy I, I think that when we talk about what local cities are doing, I think it really has been initiated, like in Warrenton, that we're they're, they're doing things that are encouraging that workforce housing already. I think the county just needs to work with the local communities, local governments. Uh, that's something I think has kind of been lacking, is that there hasn't been a presence from the county at a Warrenton City Commission meeting, at a Astoria City Council, although I don't always go to the Astoria City Council meetings. But I certainly think that the county commissioner can work more in uh, in lockstep with the count with the city councils and encourage that kind of development in in the way that it's already happening in Warrenton. I know Warrenton has a number of housing units coming online in the next few years. Yes, will they be affordable for service workers though? Well, I know that 
the latest one that is going to be along Highway 101, which is an apartment complex of about 65 units, um, was really the result of changing the, the code to say in a commercial zone, you don't have to necessarily have just commercial development. on. You can actually have as a conditional use, allow for a multifamily or a multi-unit uh, project. And that's what this project, 65 uh, units, is going to be. So there, there are already actions being taken to encourage that kind of development. And I think that that's going to continue because I think that the price will be one that, that those that are working in tourism or working in other, they're going to be able to afford those. Those are, those are not going to be the $300,000 <laughs> homes that we talk about as, as kind of quote unquote affordable housing, exactly. which is, which is, you know, obviously not affordable to most um, this this is going to be uh, an effort to try to make sure that things are affordable and are going to be more of a workforce housing type of development. The county commission just decided to place a bond measure on the general election ballot for a new, well, actually a remodeled jail. It, I believe the bond will be in the neighborhood of $20 million. What do you think of that? I think that I have a, a number of different things that I think about it. I uh, still want to meet with the sheriff and with DA to talk about the specifics about it. Uh, there's there's two issues that I see. We have a, a bond for Astoria schools. It's going to be going out. We have a bond for Warrenton schools. Um, that's going to be, I think, a difficult decision for taxpayers to say, well, you know, that's a lot. <laughs> We're requesting a lot from our taxpayers to support all of these different interests. And they're all worthy is the thing, is that, you know, Warrenton schools have grown to the point where they really need a new campus. Astoria has deferred maintenance, and they need to provide for for those interests. So so I think that that's going to be the environment that this bond is going to be in. It's going to, it's going to be challenging. Um, but at the same time, we all understand public safety is the most important thing. And, and we need to make sure that we're giving the tools and the resources to our district attorney, to the sheriff, make sure that we're, um, you know, we're complying with with their needs. Um, but I still need to see all of the <laughs> the details about it because uh, the Oregon Youth Authority, obviously in its closure, and now having sat for a year, um, there were still questions about whether or not that could be utilized as a adult facility. And so I still want to see the plans for it. We have just a minute left. What other projects might you like to tackle if you are elected? Well, I, I think one of the things that I've always, and this has been a, a pet project of mine, is the levees and the, and the floodplain issues. And I know there was a meeting just recently with the FEMA floodplain maps. Uh, a lot of folks uh, that were upset um, about what the new maps might mean to them or what uh, might be adopted, new permitting restrictions within floodplains. And I, you know, my argument is that we need to have a baseline floodplain to start with, so everybody can agree this is what everybody's map should look like, uh, not just given from a top down, but a from bottom up approach. And this, so the residents that are being affected by it have some say, and that the county really needs to allow for um, that advocacy because I think a lot of folks don't see that the county is being active in the engagement with FEMA, active with the Corps of Engineers to make sure that we have a baseline that's acceptable for everybody. That means a lot for flood rate insurance. It means a lot for development codes. Um, 
so that, that's one of my issues that I'll definitely work Great. with local diking districts, which are kind of out there with very few resources and a lot of requirements. Thank you, Mark. Unfortunately, we are, at up t- are out of time. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. If you're just joining me, you are listening to pre-recorded interviews with candidates in the May 15th primary election for District 1 for the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. District 1 covers Warrington, Hammond, and portions of West Astoria. I just completed an interview with Mark Coela. Up next is the final candidate for District 1, George McCartan. This is Joan Herman on Perspectives on Coast Community Radio. George McCartan, an 81-year-old Astoria resident and retired attorney, is a frequent attendee and testifier at local government meetings, as well as a volunteer at the Astoria Warming Center and a volunteer classical programmer on Coast Community Radio. Before retiring, he worked as the manager and acting director of the San Francisco Regional Office of the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. He holds a law degree from Golden Gate University. Welcome to the studio, George. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Joan. Explain why you are running for office. Well, somebody else asked me that at one of the many interviews we've been having. And I facetiously told them that uh, there's some evidence that uh, we can avoid Alzheimer's if we are active mentally and uh, also physically. And I said, well, I'm certainly going to be doing the mentally here. And uh, when I start going door to door, I'll be doing the physical part. But in fact, seriously, uh, I've been appearing time and again before the commissions and the councils, as you noted, uh, during the past few years. And uh, I have some encounters with them that are good, and sometimes they just look at me after I say something or bring some uh, inconvenient truth to their attention. Uh, They simply look, and they don't know how to respond. But in any event, I said, well, maybe it's time to get on the other side and uh, sit up there where maybe I can have an influence on the other board members or join with them in some concerted efforts to get something done here. And uh, so I'm going to go for it. And that's roughly my motivation, my only motivation. I'm not a politician. I'm not, it's not a stepping stone to something else, obviously. Uh, I just want to see if I can pull people together both on that board and throughout the county. What do you see as the biggest challenges facing the county and or the county government? Well, there are a number of things that rise up, but they come down to two areas principally, and that is openness and transparency in what you're doing. I think we go and elect board members, council members, And then we sit back and say, okay, they'll be fine. And if they're not, well, we'll just get rid of them in the next election. I don't think the citizens ought to do that. And I I know people are pressed for time. Some people are working two, three jobs. But once in a while, they they should watch the agenda and once in a while appear. Just appear to let, let these people know who have been elected that, hey, we're watching you. We're paying attention to what you're doing. And we don't necessarily like it, but we want you to know we're here to support you on the stuff we do like and try to change your mind on the stuff we don't. 
that's that's one of the main interests I've had over the years is is getting information out to the ordinary people by every means necessary on the internet, uh, go, putting the agenda at the library, putting the agenda outside the courthouse. Um, that's one thing. The other thing is that the people have to realize, and I think the elected officials have to realize, this is the people's money. This is the people's money that they're appropriating from taxation. And I once was corrected when I indicated how much the budget was. They said, well, it's only X number of dollars from the property taxes. I said, well, yes. The other money is coming from grants and from loans, either from the state or the federal government. I said, how did they get that money? How is that money coming through? It's coming from the taxpayers, ultimately. So it's always the taxpayers that are being burdened one way or the other. And I think you have to be conscious of that at all times. And I'm not sure that our people are always that conscious of it. And I'm, that's one of my big things. Are there any other specific projects that you would like to tackle if you are elected to the position? Well, I think for the whole county, again, uh, not just the three major cities, if you can call them major, uh, housing for the workforce. We more and more are becoming a, a service community. Uh, it used to be we had fishing and forestry, and some of those jobs were fairly well paid. The service sector, the waiters and waitresses, the ones that take care of the hotel rooms, those are not, not so much. And those people, we continually increase those numbers, and now we're talking about another three or four hotels down on the waterfront here in Astoria, and so there'll be more of those same service-type jobs. Those people can't live here. I have one, one good bartender down in the, one of the pubs. Uh, he drives to Klatskani. You know, he stays overnight in a motel once in a while, but otherwise, to go home, he has to go there. Now, maybe he didn't have to go that far, but that's where he has a house, and that's where he goes. And that's all he can afford for rent. I've heard that before. And, and we just we're burdened with that, and uh, you can sit there and say it's a crisis, but they don't, nobody's working together to, to accomplish anything here. What could uh, be each done? Each city is going their own way and throwing their hands up, what'll we do? What could the county government do to bring more affordable workforce housing to the area? Well, I think what they have to do is be a leadership, since they are the, you know, the county, they need to go out and bring the cities, the townships, the rural people all together, little by little, bring them together and, and work to, to do whatever's necessary. Buy up land. Maybe, you know, I know people are very upset if you mention uh, providing housing or providing even any income or uh, any uh, capital for housing from taxpayers. But I think, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna have an economy like this, you've gotta generate some way to provide this housing. And uh, I think you have to do it together. You can't do it separately. It's not gonna happen. We're we're selling parks in Astoria for supposedly to build low income housing. We've only got a minute or two left. The county government just voted, or the county commission just voted, to put a $23.8 million bond before the voters in November to remodel the old uh, juvenile 
um, building correctional facility out in Warrington as a jail. What is your position on that? Well, I made my position clear, I hope, uh, before the uh, commissioners last evening, along with others, that uh, we've gone down this road before. We've failed before on the bond issue for a jail. And I suggested to them they paid thousands of dollars for experts to tell them what we ought to do here. And what the experts told them you could build a jail for $12 million, or you can build a super jail with all kinds of nice stuff and also get rid of a lot of your guards for $23 million. And last night they passed a bond issue for $20 million. The $3 million is going to come out of the supposedly the general fund that's reserved for special projects. Also, um, the bond I, would only be I, $20 million. I, I begged them to just do the $12 million one and hope that maybe this time the people would say, okay, we'll pass it. But they voted for the $20 million They bond. wanted the big one. Okay. Um, in just a few seconds we have left, what sets you apart from your other two opponents, George? I think the main thing is... Uh, this is looked upon as a part-time job, but uh, I think it's it takes a lot more than that, and uh, it's a little difficult to do it when you're full, fully employed, either in your business or you're working for the man, as it were, or the woman in some cases. Um, I'm not. I'm retired. I have a couple volunteer jobs, and that's it. I can devote myself very heavily to this job, and that's the difference. Thank you for coming into the studio, George. Thank you for having me, Joan. I appreciate it. If you're just tuning in, you are listening to a special one-hour election edition of Perspectives on Coast Community Radio. I'm Joan Herman. I just concluded an interview with George McCartan, the third of three District 1 candidates in the May 15th primary for the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. Coming up in the second half hour are interviews with the three candidates for District 3 for the Board of Commissioners, Peter Roscoe, Doug Thompson, and Pamela Webb. Incumbent Lisa Clemente is not seeking re-election. District 3 covers Central Astoria, as well as Miles Crossing, Jeffers Garden, Fort Clatsop, Lewis and Clark, Young's River, Olney, Green Mountain, and parts of Walluski. The interviews with the two candidates for District 5, Leanne Thompson and Susanna Gladwin, will air at 9.30 a.m. on Friday, April 20th. Now for the first District 3 candidate, Peter Roscoe. This program was pre-recorded. Peter Roscoe, a 71-year-old Astoria resident, is the founder and former owner of Fulio's Restaurant in downtown Astoria. His public service includes serving two terms on the Astoria City Council from 2005 to 2013, one year on the City Planning Commission, and six on the Columbia River Joint Task Force. He attended the University of Oregon and Notre Dame University in Nelson, British Columbia. Welcome to the studio, Peter. Thank you, Joan. Why don't we start by you explaining why you're running for office? Well, I've been a Clatsop County resident since 1956, but I did have a very long walkabout after I graduated from high school. I went, as it said, uh, to a year in college in Notre Dame University of Nelson. I came back to Clatsop Community College. I ended up enlisting in the Navy and spent four years in the Navy, including a tour in Vietnam. Uh, got out in uh, 1969, went to the University of Oregon, 
came back to Clatsop for a while, uh, found a love of writing and filmmaking, so I pursued that. I went back to the University of Oregon. I, w I really chased that for a long time. Uh, but I had a writing teacher who once told me, Peter, you don't know anything about life, but you already know how to write, so go out and write. And so I kind of followed the, the beat generation prankster thing and, and just went out and experienced a lot of living in life. Uh, not all of it that good if, as I look back on it now, <laughs> but I did do a lot of public service. And part of that in the 70s in Eugene, I helped start a tree planting cooperative called the Hodads. And uh, that was very interesting. We did some lobbying in Salem and got some things uh, banned, uh, an herbicide that was being put on the trees that was detrimental to the health of the planters. And, and I got involved in a couple of notable films, Animal House and Here in Astoria, The Black Stallion. Oh, and, really? And I did, uh, I did a... a I did. I was a location manager on a film called St. Helens after Mount St. Helens blew up. Uh, and then I was in L.A. I wrote some scripts and I got sort of moved to L.A. Uh, but I, I wrote things here in Oregon back in the 70s. Uh, I wrote one of the first articles to ever warn about the, the potential dangers of fish farming, salmon fish farming. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that the Hatfield Marine Science Center in Newport was started as a fish farm. I didn't it, know that. It was going to be a, a private fish hatchery that was, and I wrote an article in Willamette Week about that. I also spent two and a half months at sea with Greenpeace battling uh, the Russian whaling fleet. Really? Yeah. You've got some very eclectic experience. I do have a lot of experience. I've had a really wonderful life. And even when I was in L.A., I did some things. I, I did a, one of my, my more fun weekends was uh, I planted abalone seedlings on the bottom of reefs in Santa Monica Bay. Oh, wow. That was really cool because I used to do a lot of diving. Uh, I love, I'm a good swimmer, and I liked, uh, I liked skin diving, snorkeling, and, and scuba diving. So that was a lot of fun. When I came back... I got what they call sober in L.A., so I, I came back to uh, Portland in 1992. As I got hired as a sous chef at a restaurant, small chain called Ron Paul's. And shortly after that, I was appointed to the Multnomah County DUII Advisory Board. I served on that for a couple of years. So I've had a lot of experience. And, of course, in the chef's world, We've done tons of, the chef's community has done tons of fundraisers and public events and, you know, you make food and people pay a price and you come in and give it away. I've done so many of those, I lost count. And, and I continued to do that in 2000, even in 2000, uh, when I started the Sand Trap, uh, got, came out of the ashes, when I met Richard Fensack, your former husband, good friend. And here in Astoria, I started Fulios in 2003. I've given away so many things to, because I believe in 
the community aspect of food and, and what it does to heal people in all kinds of ways. And so I've been, it's been my pleasure to do it. And you want to keep giving well, back by running for office? Well, I just see that the Clatsop County has been sometimes, I might call it a little at odds with each other. I don't want to call it stagnated. The but county commissioners? The county commission and just in general, things become so partisan politics that I, I, I want to see more movement. I'm a very collaborative person. I bring a lot to the table. I've served on a lot of boards and committees. And so I'm somebody who can be kind of dispassionate to a certain extent, not in a bad way, but in a sort of a logical way, and, and gather in information. This group over here has an opportunity, and a lot of times if you don't listen, you, you miss that. And so as things come along, you, can, you remember that, and you can draw it in, and suddenly it's a new movement forward. And a great example of that might be uh, in the Astoria watershed, our trees up in the watershed got a carbon credits and valued it over a million dollars to the city of Astoria. And I brought that to the city council. It took a couple of years to matriculate, but I brought that from my involvement in an organization called CALPAC, which is a regional economic development committee and I've done it, we helped start seeded the same organization we gave the initial anti for cedar the classic economic development uh, and also the historic preservation program at the city uh, at the community college Peter we've only unfortunately got less than two minutes to go what do you see as the biggest challenge facing the county in general there are a number of challenges uh, Emergency preparedness and the citizens' awareness of how, what to do after an emergency. I think we can do even more, and we should do even more, to help people to understand that. We are going to be faced with a major battle. I don't think that it will be in my term, but the, this jail bond that's going to come forward is going to be something that is going to be a real hot-button issue. And that's on the November ballot. Yes, the commission just placed a yes. $20 million bond on. Right, and and they had a difficult time choosing which of the four programs was being presented. There's a need. What are you going to do? And I think they made the right choice. Uh, Unfortunately. Preserving our, our current forest products and fishing communities is very important. And now how we do that and what that looks like, that's something that will shape up. Oh, but okay. those are very important parts of our, of our uh, local industry. Right. And in addition, if you really think about it, and this is something I have a lot of experience in, our hospitality in industry, the hotels and the restaurants, it's a huge part of our local economy here. Certainly. I want to thank you for coming into the studio today, Peter. Well, thank you, Joan. Thanks for giving me the opportunity. I hope your listeners see their way to giving me a vote for Clatsop County, uh, County Commissioner District 3. Thank you. If you're just joining me, you are listening to pre-recorded interviews with candidates in the May 15th primary election 
for District 3 on the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. The district includes Central Astoria, as well as the rural areas around Fort Clatsop, Lewis and Clark, Young's River, and Olney. I just finished an interview with Peter Roscoe. Up next is the second of three candidates for District 3, Doug Thompson. Doug Thompson, a 67-year-old Astoria resident, is a licensed real estate broker and property manager. He previously worked as a field staff person for state agencies and nonprofit rural economic development organizations. He served on the Astoria City Council from 1991 to 2002 and recently chaired the Clatsop County Democratic Party. He has a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration from Portland State University and has done graduate-level coursework at Boise State. Welcome to the studio, Doug. Thanks, Joan. Good to be here. Tell me why you're running for office. Well, first of all, a minor correction. Uh, I am. I was a licensed Oregon real estate broker and property manager uh, for over 20 years, uh, but I switched careers, and so um, uh, I, I was licensed long ago. Well, thank you for the correction. Okay. Anyway. Why are you running for office, Doug? Uh, I'm running for office uh, because um, there are issues that are very important, uh, I think, to the citizens of Clatsop County and important to me, um, policy issues. As you know, the five commissioners are volunteer uh, part-time, and they are the policymakers. They only have one employee, and that's the county manager. They're not administrators. They're not day-to-day. Uh, and and uh, it's the same form of government, manager, council form of government, uh, as the uh, Astoria City Council, for example, uh, where I served for 11 years. Why am I running? Um, the issues that are important to me are, are really uh, local economy. Uh, yes, we're doing better. Yes, the national economy is doing better after the Great Depression of uh, 2008, 9, 10, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but everybody's working a lot harder, those that are employed, um, but they're not getting ahead. And uh, we've had that debate that continues nationally and at the state level, um, but that debate has a local component to it, and I want to speak for those uh, who are just barely making ends meet, who are a paycheck away from homelessness, uh, and for those that are getting left behind. Uh, even locally, we have wealth and income inequality, and I want to talk to those issues and also to the, to the distinct advantages that Clatsop County has, our competitive advantages in economic development that I characterize as the three Fs, fish, forests, and furriners, meaning the visitor industry. What can you as a county commissioner do to help those who are, as you say, one paycheck away from homelessness? We can highlight, I can highlight a local focus um, on the challenges we face and the opportunities that we have for change in this rapidly changing economy. Uh, broadly speaking, there are uh, three issues that impact us locally. They, they happen to be global, national issues, uh, but there's a role for the local, local political leadership to play. Of course, there's global warming or climate change, whatever you like to call it. The impacts are already being felt in Clatsop County, um, and we're going to have to change. We're just going to have to change uh, our way of life. It's already happening. Uh, for those who don't believe it exists, 
and uh, as we call them, deniers, I, I can't help them. Uh, the science, uh, I'm persuaded by the science, as are most people, and so uh, preparation is everything, from rising sea levels to negative impacts on our ecosystem, our fish and our forests, the risk of catastro catastrophic wildfires, etc. Um, there is a there's local work to be done on those issues, from stopping LNG and resisting uh, more fossil fuel development on the Columbia River. Natural gas. Yes, liquefied natural gas. That's correct, and uh, halting the proposals uh, upriver uh, on fo more fossil fuel development, for example, like Port Westward in Columbia County. Uh, I want to add my voice as from the bully pulpit and join other voices that, um, uh, that want to highlight the impacts uh, on Clatsop County. Getting back to your point about assisting those who are barely making it, even though our economy seems to be rolling along, what specific things can you, as a county commissioner or the county government in general, do to assist those people? Uh, let, let me give you a couple uh, concrete examples. Um, uh, I support the proposed bond measure for a uh, new county jail that's going to be on the November ballot. Uh, I hope what's included, but I, I've yet to see it as a distinct component of that proposal, uh, what we're going to do to enhance and expand uh, mental health services in our community. Uh, I have firsthand knowledge of that. I, I run a, a building that provides housing for uh, the very low income and disabled. That's the Astor Hotel. It's not the, it's the Astor building, which is a mix. Uh, there's some market rate uh, apartments there. Uh, but there is a big gap uh, in helping those folks maintain a roof over their heads. Um, uh, a, a small number, a minority of those residents um, uh, suffer from uh, addictions uh, and, uh, real, and perhaps a mental illness. And it turns out that um, the, the resources are very limited to help those people stay in place uh, where they can get the help that they need. And so I want to um, take a look at a more holistic look toward community health. For a quick example, we have an excellent county public health department, very dedicated staff. Um, and yet the model is that, and this is typical, I think across the state and perhaps the region or the country, um, local governments tend to contract out mental health services. Now, I work with Clatsop Behavioral Healthcare, the contract uh, service provider for the county, um, frequently. Uh, they have a fine staff and they do what they can do, but I, I question the model of that. Um, I'd like to see a more integrated, holistic uh, approach towards community health. All right. Are there other projects in particular that you would like to take on if elected? Uh, absolutely. Uh, I've spent over um, two decades uh, as a layperson, a local citizen on forestry issues. Um, in fact, more than two decades. Uh, I've been a citizen activist on forestry issues, uh, but I believe in working forests. Uh, I provided the political leadership on the council that resulted in the Astoria City watershed, some 4,000 acres east of town, being the first municipal watershed in Oregon 
to be certified under the Forest Stewardship Council, FSC uh, stewardship. Uh, there is some harvest that goes on up there, but the goal is clean water. Uh, I think we uh, should provide the local leadership to um, work with the Department of Forestry, the State Department of Forestry, and the Board of Forestry. And I think the Clatsop State Forest ought to be a pilot project for FSC certification on at least a portion of that forest. Tell me a little bit about your past experiences or yourself in general that would lend itself to your position on the county commission. I'm a third generation Astorian. Uh, my grandparents uh, settled here uh, in the last century. Uh, both my grandfathers died young and left young widows with uh, families to raise. Uh, I was raised by a single mom. Um, and so uh, my role models have all been strong, independent women. I've been recruiting women for local political office here since 1992. Nobody has a better track record of involving women in local government than I do, elective, elective and appoint of office. I'm a half Finn, quarter Norwegian, and my Finnish grandmother kept camp for the local gillnetters, and she never learned a word of English. In fact, my memory of her is waving, her waving her finger in my four-year-old face and saying, Baja Boika. If you're just joining me, you are listening to pre-recorded interviews with candidates in the May 15th primary election for District 3 on the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. The district includes Central Astoria, as well as the rural areas around Fort Clatsop, Lewis and Clark, Young's River, and Olney. I just finished an interview with Doug Thompson. Up next is the third of the three candidates for District 3, Pamela Webb. Pamela Webb, a 71-year-old Astoria resident, has more than 40 years of governmental experience as a land use planning and economic development consultant at the federal, state, and local government levels. She previously has owned retail garden stores, practiced real estate in Oregon, and taught English as a second language overseas. She has a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science from Mary Baldwin College and a master's degree in urban and regional planning from Penn State University. Welcome to the studio, Pamela. Thank you, it's great to be here. Would you tell me why you're running for office? Yes, um, after spending many years um, inside of government and also working as a consultant to several different governments, um, it's the time, I think, for me to use some of that experience in a different way. Um, I've seen a lot of governments. Uh, I know the good ones when I see them. Uh, and I know how easy it is to make mistakes. I also uh, am about to be a grandmother for the first time. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. And uh, I'm looking even farther into the future than I, than I used to. As a planner, of course, I'm used to, used to looking 5 and 20 and 30 years ahead. Uh, but now I'm, I'm thinking in terms of multiple generations. And uh, I, I find that I care about certain issues more than I used to. Um, I, I've always been a, a an environmentalist, uh, but now, I don't know, everything seems a little bit more precious to me now than it has in the past. Are there any specific issues regarding uh, the environment in Clatsop County that concern you or that you would like to tackle if elected? Yes. Um, we have this wonderful, unique place uh, for which we are stewards. 
uh, and we have an economy that is, of course, natural resource based, but also very interconnected. Um, our farms, our fishery, our forests um, all have an enormous impact on each other. And so maintaining the sustainability of all three of those is very, very important for our economy as, as well as it is for the future um, and for our tourism industry, which uh, I believe it, it can be exploited uh, in a good way um, far more than it is related to our natural resources. Explain what you mean. Okay, I will. For instance... The fisher, the, the fishing community on the North Coast um, is not very recognizable. It's not easy to find its leadership. Um, the, I have been in the past critical of the Port of Astoria because I don't think they do nearly enough with signage and other investments uh, to bring people to the port as a tourist destination. It's an awful lot of fun, I think, to watch an active marina in, in progress. And um, I'd like to see a lot more of that. I'd like to, to see us, um, the Warrington marinas are, are, are actually the more working of our part of our fishery. Uh, and I'd like people to be able to, to go down and get close to those boats and watch them. And uh, I just think it's something that, that is a huge resource for us that we're not exploiting. Aside from what you just mentioned regarding the environment, what do you see as some of the big challenges or challenge facing not only the county, but the county government in particular? You mean not concerning the environment? Um, or, well, it could be, but aside from that, I guess. Yeah. I think there are a couple of things. I think that county government uh, is a wonderful position uh, at which to collaborate with local governments who don't have the resources, um, but they have problems. They have very urban, sometimes very urban problems. And for instance, the county has just let or is about to let a contract for um, a housing study, a county-wide housing study. And I think that's the kind of thing I'd like to see the county do more of because uh, the issue of housing, like most things, doesn't respect municipal boundaries. It, uh, it's a market. Uh, it, it relates to the labor market. Uh, it relates often to school districts. People often choose where they live according to the school district. Uh, and so housing crosses municipal lines all over the county. And I think it's a marvelous idea to bring someone in from the outside who understands best practices, uh, who understands what some other communities have done successfully to increase the supply, especially of affordable housing. The county commission just voted to place on the November ballot a bond measure for a jail, which would be relocated to the former juvenile facility in Warrington. And I believe the bond will be approximately $20 million. Mm -hmm. What is your position on that? I will support the bond if I see a very um, vigorous mental health component to the facility. I attended a marvelous meeting a couple of weeks ago that uh, brought in every entity in the county that relates to public safety and mental health services. They all sat in a room. Uh, there were unfortunately only two county commissioners there, uh, but uh, Judge, Judge Matthias was there. Uh, it was every police uh, district was, was represented and 
virtually every provider of mental health services, including a large contingent from both hospitals. And they spent an entire day talking about the intercept between law enforcement and mental health and tracking through the system what happens to somebody and where there are failures, where things are not working well. And the top three components of their recommendations had to do with what do you do with a person who is in a mental health crisis who has been picked up by the police? How do you make that person safe for him, his or herself and for other people? And how do you do that in a way that doesn't drain both medical and police services? Uh, we heard horror stories, you know, about about police who are taken off their beat because they have to sit in the hospital for 24 hours sometimes uh, with someone. So I'd like to see those developed. <clears throat> I'd like to see the services in the jail. Um, I'd like to have see them have a very strong mental health component. Aside from the experience that I mentioned at the beginning of your introduction, what other qualities do you bring to the position? Well... I think, uh, as I said at the beginning, uh, I have a lifelong capacity to look toward the future. Um, I, I love the past. I, I live here bec- for one of the many reasons I live here is that I love the history of this area. And I think we have to maintain our historical resources, of course. That's just not there's no argument about that to, as far as I'm concerned. But at the same time, we have to look to the future. Um, I've lived a lot of places. I've seen a lot of public programs. Uh, I Sometimes I know what works. And uh, so I, I'm keeping my eye, as I say, on, on the future. I think that that's something that my the variety of my background as well uh, gives me, I, I think, gives me uh, uh, an added strength in that area. Well, thank you, Pamela. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you for coming into the studio. Thank you. I've, I've enjoyed it. Are there other specific projects you would like to tackle if you're elected? Yes, there is. Um, I would like uh, to have um, to give citizens the opportunity to be more involved in government. Uh, I'd like to see the county hold more public hearings, uh, not just for a three-minute minute comment. Uh, but but seriously, for instance, uh, for the jail, uh, I think there was not enough public input into the design, et cetera, of the jail. Um, I also hope that I, that I bring a level of civility to the commission. Um, I treat other people with respect. I'm a very good listener. I answer my email. I answer my phone. Um, I will hold regular Um, spots in different parts of the county where citizens can come and talk to me about their issues and uh, give me input about some of the issues that the county's facing. You've been listening to interviews with the three candidates for District 3 for the Clatsop County Board of Commissioners. I just concluded an interview with Pamela Webb. Coming up next week, I interview the two candidates for District 5 covering the southern portion of the county, Leanne Thompson and Susanna Gladwin. If you have not yet registered to vote, the deadline to do so is April 24th to vote in the May 15th primary. Ballots will be mailed to all registered voters in Clatsop County between April 25th and early May. This is Perspectives, and I'm your host, Joan Herman. Perspectives is brought to you in part by a grant from the Clatsop County Cultural Coalition. The show is engineered by Brian Bovenizer and Graham Nystrom. 
The show can be heard Fridays on the stations of Coast Community Radio. You also can find show podcasts on the station's website. If you would like to contact me, send me an email to perspectives at coastradio.org. Thanks for listening.